you are clear to enter. Welcome to Pizza Planet. Welcome to Pizza Planet, a Pixar podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Garrett. And, and we're, we're your delivery, delivery guys. guys. Bringing you a square box of round, hot, cheesy Pixar goodness. Mm-hmm. We've got a bounty of slices in today's feast, so let's dig in. Welcome to Pizza Planet. Woo! We got a very exciting episode today. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, Gareth what's and I what's are... on the menu? Oh, yeah. On the, uh, <laughs> on the menu. Yeah. Uh, what are we eating today? So today on the Pizza Planet Pizza, um, we are going to be talking to Jonathan Pauly from JP and Beyond. Oh, uh, yeah. That's exciting. Very exciting. So oh, wait, was I supposed to pretend I didn't know? <laughs> oh my gosh, you got Jonathan Pauly? What? Yes, dude. What? <laughs> How did you book Jonathan Pauly? Well, I mean, he's not that famous. Like, I think his like top video. Whoa, has, he's like, gonna listen to this. <laughs> well, careful, careful. No, no, I was gonna make. I was gonna say. So it's not like he has that many views. I mean, his his top watch video on his channel he, is like he, he doesn't have that many views. It has like forty two million. Like, <laughs> come on, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I get that you were being sarcastic. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, when, when's he going to be here? So he'll be joining us any moment. Um, how, how are you feeling about this, by the way? Good. I'm excited. I, dude, I really want to talk to him because I've been watching his YouTube channel this week, and he has some hilarious skits. And yeah. like, like obviously, Toy Story live action is is amazing, and I have lots of questions about that too. But yeah, he's a he's a talented guy. Yeah, seriously, I am so excited to talk to him for a bajillion reasons. Um, ah, yes, I'm excited. Yeah, this is kind of cool, guys. Um, you'll get to hear a little bit more about Jonathan and what he does with JP and Beyond, um, with his filmmaking and and channel and. Um, his love of Pixar and Toy Story, but um, this is kind of cool about this is like this is I guess our second video um, or second episode I should say um, on uh, interviewing people that we really admire um, that are connected somehow to the Pixar world. We kind of called it before like casting the lamplight um, as a way to like cast the Pixar lamplight on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is this is kind of cool. We're, we're hoping to do more of these, um, and we're doing some video today. Oh yeah, this is. A very rare time you'll see us on camera for an actual podcast episode. Yes. It's but it won't probably be the last. Yeah. I don't know. It, you have to let us know. Do you like our faces? <laughs> uh, don't ask that about <laughs> I don't, I don't my face. <laughs> you can ask it about you your face. You can answer. Th- oh, hey. He's logging <laughs> oh, on. Oh, he's joining in right now. Hey, Jonathan. Yo. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's great. How are you? Awesome. Good. Jonathan, Polly, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. And welcome to Pizza Planet. Oh, thanks. I feel very welcomed already. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So for uh, those who don't know, Jonathan Polly is from the YouTube channel, JP and Beyond. And uh, this is the YouTube channel that brought the world live action fan made Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Okay, can we just mm-hmm. a little clap for, for Jonathan, man? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, the live-action Toy Story is incredible. Um, I, I watched it this, the other night, and uh, it's just it's so 
it's so well done. It's it's emotional. It, like being able to see the toys and mm. um, and everything. It's just it's it's done with so much love. So we're we're just so thrilled to have, to have you here today. That's great. Well, it was made for guys like like me and you who have <laughs> the whole movie memorized forwards and backwards. Oh yeah, to be able to experience it again fresh somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks. And and I, I also have to say, as like filmmakers, uh, we we also just appreciate like the labor of love that it takes to do that. Like, I could see some people like watching that and being like, I could do that. I but they've never tried making a film, and so it's like mm-hmm. trying to painstakingly recreate every shot. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about this as we as we. Uh, get into this into this discussion but yeah that's one of the things that impresses me the most is just how much care it takes to be able to like be like oh how are we gonna do this shot not gonna skip it we're gonna figure out a way to do it yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so yeah why don't we start by just uh why don't you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and about your uh youtube channel sure so uh like Gareth said, my name is Jonathan. Um, I started the YouTube channel when I was maybe, I don't know, 13 or 14, like when you're first allowed to get a YouTube channel. It was a couple years after YouTube started, um, and I had been putting up little fun video experiments and things. I've always been into creating videos, and I knew as a kid that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up was be a filmmaker. Um Live Action Toy Story came about when a group of friends and I, uh, which includes Jesse Prada, who's uh, the other JP, that we we eventually decided I'd uh, rename the channel because it was Jonathan's Movies back in the day. When the movie was released, it was called Jonathan's Movies. Um, and so we started out by thinking, like, well, you know what would be fun is, like, we should do, like, a stop-motion scene of the with the Army men at the birthday party, like, in stop-motion would look really cool, like... Um, Toy Story 3 was out in theaters and so all these new toys were out and then it's like being a fan as a kid it's like I had a bunch but I was like still excited about new toys even though I was a teenager by then Mm. Mm. Um, and so we quickly decided we like every scene equally and we could never pick a scene so why not just do all of them Um, and my thought was that you know we would not put it online because there's copyright issues and like it, it, you know I didn't really know that much about the fan film kind of culture and everything I had heard about um, a group of kids in the 80s that remade Raiders of the Lost Arks one of my other favorite movies um, and like heard their success story not that long before thinking like well Toy Story that's in a kid's bedroom that's totally doable um, mm. so um, we started and at first I thought it was going to take like two weeks, like, oh, school's starting soon, but like, I'll finish. Um, But then Jesse kind of took it a level further and was like, oh, like he made a list of every single prop, every block in the background. Um, And I was like, oh, wait, like we're matching everything. We're not just going to use my bedroom. Like, actually, you're right. That would make it a lot better. So like, um, I had thought like we would do every shot. Um, But he just amplified like, all right, we're going to do every shot, but we're going to get every background item that we can. We're going to try to match things a bit closer than just having the right toys. We're going to try to have the right bed sheets and uh, it, right. The list goes on. And the uh, carpet. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like as many details as possible. Right. Like so um, that iconic carpet from the shining. I love that you mm-hmm. guys got that. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so that was that was like an example of one of those things. And we we worked in Sid's room for a year um, oh. before moving on to other sets. And, oh um, wow! So I kind of knew, like, well, I knew the whole lore about having the shining carpet in Sid's hallway. So it's like, well, I have to include that. There's a few little details that got skipped because it was just so minute that no one would care and I would, mm-hmm. you know, too difficult. But that was one of them. It's like, I can't skip this. So I had yeah. like a, I had a red carpet that I bought for something else. And it's like, all right, time to paint this design on there. So roll oh, it out. So you take... made that. Mm-hmm. A lot of props oh. that are so specific are handmade. Actually, almost everything that we couldn't buy at the store is handmade. So, wow. so then was the, cool. the wallpaper in that hallway, like there's like a green, I think a green, wallpaper yes. in Sid's hallway that mm-hmm. is, is that hand painted no we we went out and bought some green hand uh some green wallpaper and just thumbtacked it up to the walls in that house that we went to for that okay. so like um a lot of the things so like there's a behind the scenes video in Sid's uh, you know one of the most obscure sets Sid's dad's TV room mm-hmm. um and he has wallpaper with ducks on it so we printed off you know 100 ducks and taped them in a pattern on in this room of a friend's house that let us borrow. So like every uh, set was sort of like handmade elements, but then also how close can we get it? Um, and then just kind of deciding from there, like, is it worth the extra effort to do this one extra detail? Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the fun part. Um, I think the hard part would be scheduling locations, actors, basically being a producer, I realized was harder than I thought. Oh, um, yeah. But like getting the shots um, and figuring out like we need these props and things like that. I think that was kind of the fun part for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously like working with real people actors, I think was a lot more fun than yeah. working with toy actors. Yeah. But you know. The toys worked well too. <laughs> yeah. So every everyone who worked on the film with you guys, it, it were volunteers, right? You weren't like well, y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. So That's like correct. how how roughly how many people were you working with on a given day? Was it usually just like a crew of two or three people and like maybe one actor, or did you did you have larger gatherings? Yeah, we usually had myself, uh, Jesse, and then. Uh, our close friend Amy, and then eventually down the road, uh, another friend Kim started working, who is now my wife. Um, mm. We so a lot of times it was anywhere, you know, two of us to four of us. Um, most days when it's a scene with just toys, and then we had, you know, all the human actors are played by humans, so we um, we'd have extra people that day. And then if we were on a location that wasn't Sid's room or Andy's room, um, then there was other people involved with whoever we were going to film at their house or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, Andy's room and Sid's room were both in my house as, you know, my family's house. Um, and okay. so that, you know, eliminated that extra burden of finding a place to literally leave stuff up for months and months. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the set basically stayed intact as it was every, cause we only worked on the weekends. We went to, I went to school you know, it was a normal week of a kid, mm. but then I just shut the door behind us in the, in the set. And then everything, including our toy actors were right where we needed them the next week when we opened the door <laughs> and, and got back to work again. So nice. <laughs> was it, 
I, I imagine you sunk a good amount of money into obviously buying all these props and, and everything. Uh, did you have like a set budget or like, were you like working a part-time job to help finance things? Were you buying stuff week to week or did you wait till you had everything before you started shooting? Like, how did that work? No, I never set a budget because I didn't think it was going to cost anything. Like oh. my ignorance as <laughs> as a teenage kid that made a bunch of movies for free before, I was like, "This will be free too." Like, whatever. It was basically, if I need something, I would get the money out and buy it from you know my babysitting money kind okay. of thing. Um, I wasn't working another job, and I, I you know was blessed to not have to because that was that was then became my part-time job was making this movie so mm. like I said shooting on the weekends I was editing in the evenings during the week uh, as we went along so basically as soon as we finished filming like a week later it was ready to watch mm. oh, wow. um, uh, so because um, I was doing posts as I was still shooting um, and so budget no I estimated you know, when people asked how much, I don't really know, but I guessed somewhere around a thousand or two, mm. um, because like I'm just like in my head, I can watch it and add up. Well, like I had to buy that wallpaper, I had to buy that, like you said, carpet, whatever. So like mm-hmm. I would like add that up in my head. It's close to a couple thousand, but it's I mean that's considered micro low fraction of a oh, movie yeah. budget, right? So oh yeah, um, but for a teenager, as as a big chunk of change. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So time-wise, you know, how long from start to finish did this take? It was exactly two years, like mm. almost to the week. Um, wow. We started August 20... What year did Toy Story 3 come out? 2010. 2010, yeah. Yes, sir. And then so 2012, uh, in August, we finished. Um, we, like I said, I wasn't planning on putting it up online. I wanted... I didn't know what we were going to do. I, you know, in my wildest dreams thought, you know, Pixar people, they're going to love this and they're <laughs> going to like th- slap it on a bonus disc for Toy Story <laughs> when it's re-released next time. That was my, that was like my big goal and dream. But, uh, I don't know if you know this about Disney. They don't, uh, respond to children. Oh yeah. <laughs> <when they're>, um, <laughs> they would, that, that would be multiple full-time positions to answer all kids emails that send stuff to Pixar and Disney. Um, yeah. so we went uninvited to Pixar studios and, uh, we had a, a little bit of a following online at that point because I had posted a few like previews and saying like this is what we're doing and and I even said in those early videos like it's not going online because I want Pixar to see it first it belongs to them technically because um, we were just ripping the audio um, mm-hmm. and so um, it, when nobody really answered us and we went out to Pixar I handed out DVDs outside of the the gates oh, wow. um, and. Uh, it was met with some enthusiasm, but mostly people like, I got to get to work. Like, don't like, don't make eye contact. Cause you got to understand, like they get people coming up, like throwing their scripts out at people all the time. Oh, like yeah. they're trying to like catch employees as they're coming off the bus, going through the gates to Pixar. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, like I was just, an, you know, Jesse and I were just another one of those, like, don't look at them. Don't look there. But there was a few people who, who stopped and talked to us and, and listened to what we were doing. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and then we went home and it's like, well, nothing's happening. So I guess I'll just put it online. And if they want us to take it down, I'll take it down. Okay. 
Um, first day it was online, it got a million views, and then oh it got a million a million views a day for the first week. Wow! Um, and then, what? so we were getting interviewed um, for local news, and then beyond local news, and then then I got an email from uh, Ed Catmull's secretary saying Ed wants to meet you guys. Like he saw. The DVD, apparently, because uh, it went to that email, and I didn't post that email anywhere else. I only put it on the DVD itself. It was like, oh, okay. message me. <laughs> um, and so so we went back. But that time, uh, we brought the rest of the crew along. Um, and that time, we actually got to go in, and they gave us a tour, and we chatted with Ed Catmull for a few minutes during lunch and treated really nicely for the day. And then that is it. That was that was basically the grand finale. Uh, it was like I guess it lives on YouTube now. That was kind of <laughs> like my. It was like so like it's fine. I, yeah. There was no you know. It was like we're not gonna do anything about this because everyone here is impressed by it. Um, now, I mean that's kind of like another thing that Disney really has to figure out is like what are we gonna do with like. YouTube and fan films and like, mm. are we going to shut it down? Are we going to let it happen and not say anything? Are we going to reward them? Like some studios, like they'll really like follow along with fan films and like support them. Um, so far, I mean, the last 10 years since our movie has been out, Disney's philosophy has kind of been like hands off. Mm -hmm. um, so we're very lucky to, um, to be recognized at least by the folks at Pixar mm -hmm. um, in that way, to be invited to visit and meet a few people. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so. Yeah, I didn't know you guys got to, to tour Pixar. Uh, I, I wasn't planning on asking a question about that, but I'm curious, like, is it, was it like as, uh, I don't know. I, I just have this dreamlike vision of what it's like going to Pixar Studios <laughs> where, you hear all this lore about how cool it is. And I, I don't know, is it, was it, was it actually like a, a exciting experience or was it just kind of like, Oh, I'm in a corporate building. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. Um, mostly because like as a huge Pixar fan, like I could recognize people walking by, I could recognize mm -hmm. names as we're going by the offices. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that was in, uh, early 2013 at, right after we post the movie on YouTube hmm. and so um, so there was a different crowd like it was still a lot of the old um, like since been there since Toy Story people around mm -hmm. um, and so we got to meet a, a bunch of people that like so like one guy that I remember pretty clearly was uh, Tom Porter came and like met with us and he's, he was like yeah I just I did the lighting in Pizza Planet for for the first movie. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, that's <laughs> great. Sign my laser disc. <laughs> well, then I, then I go home and I'm reading, you know, uh, up about toy story and Pixar stuff. Tom Porter invented lighting for 3d animation. Like oh my gosh. he wrote the pro oh. like he, he didn't just do lighting for peace planet. He <laughs> invented it. Like he, there was no like, like lighting system for 3d animated movies before him. So it's like, wow. yeah, they're all very humble. <laughs> um, That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. So it was very cool. Um, I remember leaving and thinking like, you know, for a long, long time, like I was like working at Pixar is like the dream. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when I left there after the tour, I was like, that was incredible. I don't think I would work here. Like mm. it's, it's all consuming. Like these people live and breathe, uh, their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is inspiring and very cool, but it's like, I just don't know. Like, I don't think that's the life for me right now. Right. Mm. So, yeah. and I was, and I was in the middle of, uh, going to college at that time. Um, so I was considering a lot of what I'd like to do. And, and obviously there's a lot of roles at Pixar and, um, I'm sure everyone has a great family life there as well. (laughs) Yeah. But like it was just a, it was a really close culture that, um, that you could tell everybody's really, really tight knit there. And it's like, it was interesting. Um, Definitely not corporate office. Like you said. (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. Nice. Moving back to talking about the the making of the film. I, I did have some technical questions. So, um, talking about the difference between these stop motion shots and then the traditional puppeteering. Um, like I know cause I've tried doing stop motion before that that obviously takes a lot longer. Was mm-hmm. there, was there a sense of like, like you spend a lot more time on these stop motion shots than the, the puppeted shots? Like were you trying to kind of, uh, do as much puppeteering as possible and reserved the, the like stop motion method uh, for only like shots where you absolutely needed it. Um, can you talk about like a little bit about like the time, the mm-hmm. time commitment of that? Yeah. Well, if you, if you want to know how much time like stop motion would have taken uh, the Morgan and Mason McGrew brothers made toy story three in the, you know, their real live like IRL. Um, oh, okay. and that's m- much, much more stop motion. And they, their movie took them seven years. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Whereas ours, ours took two. Um, and so the, to answer your question though, I, um, we, we basically just talked about like every shot should be what's best for that specific shot. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the shots where it's really wide angle, where you see a lot of stuff, we can't get in there and puppeteer very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's stop motion. Or if there's a bunch of toys moving at once, that's going to have to be stop motion. And our stop motion is, was pretty terrible. I, like, I, <laughs> I'll just admit, like, it's it's one of the more cringy things to watch now. Um, so, like, I didn't want to do that much stop motion um, just because I knew it didn't look quite as nice mm-hmm. um, to me. Um, so I just also knew I just wasn't as good at doing stop motion. So most of the shots are close up like a medium or, uh, you know, a shot where I could hold the toy and not be in the shot. Um, so, you know, most of the movie went by pretty quick doing puppeteering. Mm. Um, but if it was, like I said, if it's a wide angle or if there's too many things moving at once, we're going to have to do stop motion. So the shot determined what we would do. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed on some of the puppeted shots, or at least, at least one I noticed, it looked like you had filmed a, like a plate, like a blank plate of the scene without any subjects in the, in the, in the uh, mm-hmm. composition. And then it looked like you used that plate to crop out the sides of the shot once the puppet was in it. So was that to get rid of the puppeteers or was that to get rid of shadows? Did you have a problem oh, with shadows? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, the problem. I mean, you can probably see all the problems with shadows in the finished thing. <laughs> well, I was um, looking for them and I didn't see that. I mean, I just saw that one shot where it was very mm-hmm. clearly you had cropped something out, and I was like, "Oh, I bet that was it, a shadow." But it was probably cropping myself out. Oh, honestly. okay. Like I, I can't think of which one you might be talking about right now, but I, if uh, I, I, I would employ that technique <laughs> whenever necessary. Okay. <laughs> um, it's like okay, I, I can't reach. Like I can't reach over here to puppeteer Woody or whoever. So like I'll just be in the shot, and then I'll get out of the way, and I'll, you'll, I'll just crop myself out later. Um, right. That seems like the right answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, uh, speaking of the shots, like, so you know, this is a we said this earlier at the top of the episode, but like, this was a shot for shot remake, um, mm-hmm. which which is really um, impressive. And you know, this is so much more than just a, a fan film, like a, just a, a direct live live action adaption. This is like full on every shot, every composition, everything. Um, and so, um, yeah, like, uh, I'm curious to know, like, yeah, I guess, like, what, what was the why behind that, and then like. What was your guys's like process or like workflow of like, like each shot? Did how did that go down? Mm-hmm. I don't know that we ever discussed any other way to do it. Like it's like we're gonna make Toy Story. Well, you got to do every shot. Like there, I don't think it was even discussed. Um, as far as the process, like I had recently like won a uh, a video contest on disney.com ironically um and the prize was an ipad like the first ipad that came out Uh, Um, okay so that came in the mail like a week after we started shooting and i was like oh this is gonna make my life so much easier now (laughs) i've got i got the movie in front of us on an ipad and this is the scene we're in so i'm gonna watch that shot and then pause it we're gonna we're gonna hold the ipad up to what we're looking at i'm like my little video camera screen and I'm going to set everything up as close as we can. And then we'll go and do it only a few times because, like, you know, the line of dialogue's already in there. And, like, as long as we get the movements right, like, we don't have to do that many shots or that many takes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we usually got about a minute of the movie done a day. Hmm. Um, and that's, like, in Andy's room or Sid's room. Once, if we're out on location, it took a little bit longer, and then the chase scene took much longer because the shots are shorter. Mm. So, oh. like it, it took just as long to set up a shot, but the shot was, you know, maybe a second or less. So, like, the, you know, we get less of the movie done, but yeah, the same amount of shots, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a favorite shot to recreate? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Um, I can't. No, not really. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the shot that I was really, really in awe of. The shot where it starts with Woody when he first sees Buzz. He's like peeking up over the bed, and the mm-hmm. camera backs up and goes basically between mm-hmm. Buzz's legs, and then like you mm-hmm. brings Buzz into frame. Sure. And it's a very it iconic is, shot. It's such yeah. an iconic shot in the original film, but I feel like it's one of the shots that was executed so perfectly that it's like I don't know it, it that 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 just got me excited the way you you were able to recreate that effectively. Yeah, I will say though that um, 
for the original Toy Story, most of the shots don't move. They mm. were still they were still learning their controls. They were still building the computers to make these movies, and so um, most shots are stable. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of movement. If you watch Toy Story one and then go watch Toy Story three, like the camera's flying all over the place in Toy Story three. There's a lot of movements, yeah. um, but like there's barely like the one that you mentioned is one of the few I can think of. There's some kind of dynamic camera move, yeah. whereas most of the time it's sta- stable shot. Um, and so that really helped us out too, because I now I'll just set it up on a little one foot tall po- tripod, and then. I can focus on doing the acting or acting with puppeteers. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good choice for your favorite shot. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of least favorite shots. Everything that didn't look the way it did in my brain or it does in the real movie. Um, but, but like speaking as someone who's seen the movie dozens of times, you you were effective in like you can take any single shot and show it to like someone like me out of context of the rest of the film and i can still identify like oh it's this scene this is what this shot mm. is supposed to be so it it was it was effective um all the way through but yeah there were certainly shots where i was just like really impressed i was like that's so close to the original and it just looks beautiful so yeah. did you have a favorite shot well, I was just going to say, that, so there were, um, you know, getting into now, like, talking about more of complex shots with, like, layering, where you guys had layerings and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming this is a layering shot, but same scene when it's the uh, POV of Buzz and he sees his reflection in the, like, mm. the, the dome. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, how did you guys yeah, pull yeah. that off? That was, uh, there's only two shots. There's the shot of the looking around from his point of view, looking around the room. And then there was me filming straight onto Buzz's face and his helmet, so that's all you see. And then in the edit, I'll flip his face and I'll make it semi-transparent. Boom, done. Right. Oh, so like, nice. Yeah. There wasn't. Um, th- that's kind of my favorite part. Like one of the things I was learning the most making this movie was like creative, but simple fixes and ways to to make things work. Um, mm-hmm. For specific for shots like that. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Take five. We got to go deliver some pizzas. Be right back. Like, dude, have you ever hung 10 on the EAC before? Like, no, man. What's the EAC? Oh, intro. That's the East Australian current, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, like, now's your chance. It's like a vortex tube of awesomeness. You can do sick flips, shell grabs, and 360s. Plus, the views of the sea are totally righteous. Righteous! Sign up now to register for Crush's next tour and come ride the EAC. Side effects from the tour include possible headaches, nausea, and vomiting. If you sense that you might be hurling, please note, no hurling on Crush's shell. He recently waxed it. Gone are the primitive days of feasting on fear and scoring scares. No longer is a monster measured by the horror that he inflicts. Because Monsters Incorporated is pioneering a whole new kind of energy to power your city. Come meet our talented jokesters who are responsible for the Monstropolis power grid's 120% surge. I used to be a janitor and I told jokes to my mop. Now I tell jokes to kids and they love me. Think you got what it takes? Sign up for Monsters Incorporated's open auditions. 
I'm Monsters Incorporated. It's laughter we're after. Phew! Barely made that delivery. All right, back to the show. The next question I wanted to ask you, Jonathan, um, I want to know what filmmaking lessons you walked away with after shooting Toy Story. Like, was there anything that you carry with you today, like when you're making videos and stuff, um, that's like Mm -hmm. a lesson that you learned back then? Yes, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But more specifically, um, I... A lot of things that when 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 people young filmmakers typically will ask, I'll tell them that you shouldn't be afraid to ask people for one for help or mm. two for weird stuff. Um, I did a lot of weird requests when we, <laughs> when I was making this movie. Like, hey, can I borrow your van? Like, you can drive it, but like I need to like run alongside it or something like weird stuff. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. um, we like. We're very persistent with uh, one example being the the moving van. Like there's one, this guy owns it. We know he does. He's parked at this house every day. We left a note, no response. A week later, we knocked on the door and like, and t- like it wasn't, uh, don't be pushy, but yeah. in, a, in a kind way, like <laughs> ask for favors and people are excited to help young. It helps to be young. <laughs> Um, I don't think I get away quite as much doing the same exact movie as an adult, Mm. but, um, but when you're doing stuff for, as a kid with no budget, like that's the time to do it because Mm. people are excited to help. Um, and I mean, even now as an adult, like it's still, people are still excited to help you with your movie. It's just a little more like, Oh, this guy making his movie thing, whatever, (laughs) you know? Um, it's a little cuter when it's a teenager, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the toys put people at ease for some reason. It's like, oh, these guys are safe. Like, they're not going <laughs> to. Um, like, we know Buzz and Woody. Like, uh, they'll be fine. Like, yeah. we can help these guys out. Um, yeah. So I think that's one thing. Uh, that's not specific to filmmaking. That could be for any project that you're working on is ask people for help. Yeah. Um, like, um I think it was interesting. Like I kind of picked up on, on a lot of editing tricks, like you were saying, like um, masking and using effects. Like I barely knew anything. And you can tell by watching it. I barely knew anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some shots, I just had to like, I, there's no other way, but t- besides to learn um, some basic effects and then taking those principles um, a little bit further later in the, in the short films that I did after that. Um, Mm, yeah. So like keyframes, man. If you can learn keyframes, kids out there, just just look it up. <laughs> yeah, gonna, for real. It's gonna it's gonna open up a whole new world for Game you. Game changer. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you're speaking our language because we not only do we love Pixar too, but also we also uh, make movies together. We do have like a channel. We can we'll we'll share it with you later, but it's called Idiot Box Films, um, and we make a lot of just for fun films. And so yeah, like the filmmaking terms that you're talking about and keyframing mm-hmm. and stuff is like oh yeah for sure it's definitely like yeah. a real thing and yeah i'm a if, fan I, I watched a couple i'm a fan i did my research i wasn't gonna <laughs> oh. just join this podcast without knowing who i'm talking to uh, <laughs> so yeah i've watched a couple there i love that your stuff is really musically uh, oriented mm, um yeah which is something that uh our stuff is a little bit 
I don't know, lacking, but just like we haven't really forayed into, is that the right word? Foray? We haven't gone deep into musical type stuff. So uh, yeah, we, yeah, we love it. Well, cause Ben and I are both musicians. We were in a band in college together. So not to get too much about us, but yeah, that's, that's why, like we, we ultimately, like when you're passionate about something, um, you tend to combine your passions. And so for, mm -hmm. for us, like filmmaking and, and music ended up just kind of going hand in hand. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but was there, is yeah. there any, anything in sp specifically with you? Like, I know you do like a lot of comedy sketches. Is there something that you're passionate about that you see infused into your work? Well, uh, for the toy story <laughs> yeah. for one. Yeah. Um, and, and making the movie was like, yeah, I love Toy Story. It's my favorite movie. Um, but I like it because it's a great movie. Uh, n you know, there's really nothing, not a single thing I would change about the original mm. Toy Story. Um, like, the, you know, it's the characters and um, it's just really good writing. Like, everything about it I love. And, um, and so, like, I want to take that and put that into what I do. I want... I want adults and kids to be able to enjoy it. And I think that's kind of the genre that I want to do. And, and I'm m more inclined to comedy, uh, just even more so than me. Um, so when we were making stuff together, it was always like, well, it's, we know it's going to be funny and we know it's going to be okay for kids to watch. Like those are the two things. Um, I love that. And so even moving forward, like I, like, yeah, those are kind of, that's kind of JP and beyond means it's going to be okay for everybody to watch. Um, at least, and that's, you know, that ranges, not everybody agrees on that, but like, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll lean towards the like, all right, let's maybe not this, like I'm okay with this, but other people might not be. So let's not do this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and comedy just cause I, when I am watching stuff, I enjoy walking away feeling good. And, uh, that's not always, even though I love a good drama or something heavy, uh, I don't want people to leave what I'm watching feeling that way. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, finding a good mix, um, I think, is important. So, Agreed. Wow, that we kind of went on a tangent there. I don't know if that even answered the original question. Yeah, but, no. I, yeah. I just, talking, just talking filmmaking, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, too. So, like, um, yeah, we, we just love filmmaking as, as well. And I remember Gareth even mentioned, he was like, oh, my gosh, like, I wish we could just, like, collab, like, if we lived closer or something, because, we, you know, we, yeah, we just love filmmaking. It's hard to, I don't know, find people who are also in it, like, around you as well. And we, we've, we've mm -hmm. kind of formed a filmmaking community, I'm sure, like, you have as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we, we just love that. And, and it's so cool that, like, you guys talking about, like, you know, making things family friendly. It's just really great because one of the things that for us we try to do that as well is just, like, I think it forces you to creatively like tell better stories because you're not relying on like edgy stuff, right? Like you're like, no, let's tell a compelling yeah. story. So I don't know. I, I just like that you guys do that. Yeah. I agree. Although I don't, I think it might actually for me be more difficult to be edgy <laughs> just because that's not my personality. So um, I, I can but, relate but yes. to that. If, if you've watched the, the, the shorts on Idiot Box specifically directed by me, like you'll see a pattern of like, not really taking myself super seriously, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but yeah, uh, back to some toy story questions. I, I did want to know, I'm curious about the choice to use the original dialogue. So you have, mm -hmm. um, 
you have actors delivering their own lines, like the human characters, like Sid and mm-hmm, Andy. Mm-hmm. They get to say their own lines. Um, was there ever like a point where you were entertaining the idea of having new actors play the toys too? Or mm-hmm. was it always just going to be we're using Tim Allen and, and Tom Hanks? Right, right. Uh, we did have conversations about that. Um, mostly because it's like, well, I know... 100% illegal. <laughs> um, so, so I was like, I, uh, we talked about it, but we basically were like, well, who does a good Wallace Shawn? Um, nobody. You know, it's like, I, and, and I think a lot of the, like you were noting, like the, the good emotion from it, um, the, like, a lot of really strong acting, in, it, it shines through in the voice, and mm. like, you can, you can, it would just be hard to watch, I think, if it wasn't. That was kind of the conclusion that we came to together was like, it'd be really hard to watch this if you didn't have something like bringing you back like Tom Hanks's voice. You know, it's like, right. um, it's a little bit more of a leap. Um, as far as using the human actor's voice, you know, sorry, John Morris. Like everybody, like there, you can see them talking. So it would be even harder to match lip sync their mouth up. But then also, um, like, they're they're doing some acting. They might as well be themselves and and voice over um, mm. their own lines. So um, it just seemed like they were humans, and that's what they're going to sound like. They're going to mm. sound like themselves. The toys, well, he has Tom Hanks's voice, right? So it's like that's what he's going to sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main decision being like it, I we felt like it'd be difficult to sit through if it was us doing bad impressions. Of Tom Hanks right. and Tim Allen, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, yeah, I was that was really cool. It really worked because, like, when the kids were talking, like, I, I had to second guess myself at times. I was like, "Wait, what, is that is that, that the sound? original? Is that original? Uh-huh. Yeah." So, like, that it really worked in that sense. So, yeah, there was a couple times when it's like this would be really easy just to use the other voice, but like, but we have been using their voice forever. So, like, there was the scene where. Sid and Hannah are together. She chases him up the stairs. Um, like that music isn't on the soundtrack. So it's like, Oh no, like they're talking over this music. So I can't erase this from the original. Um, right. so it's like, all right, we'll, we'll record their voices and then we're going to have to recreate this music. So Jesse went ahead and recreated music for a couple short little scenes oh, where wow. there was humans talking over the track and that track wasn't on the soundtrack until 2015 when they re-released the soundtrack included everything. (laughs) Oh no. Like, which by the way is a great, like, I don't know what it's called. The Disney something, something edition. I don't know, but there's a toy story soundtrack out there that has every bit, every musical cue in the movie is on that soundtrack, but that didn't exist when we made it. Um, (laughs) Well, that, that begs the question, do you still have all the master files for Toy Story? Like like your uh, your version of Toy Story, would you ever like go back and remaster it with the with that soundtrack or Well, for a couple of reasons, no. Um one cuz I don't want to ever George Lucas something I've done and go <laughs> oh, back okay. and and, good for and you, man. change. Once it's once it's done, no matter how bad or good, like it's as good as I could at the time and then I don't right. touch stuff anymore. Right. That's kind of just my philosophy cuz like yeah. you you could tweak stuff forever and it only gets a tiny bit better. Yeah. Um, that's admirable. But, well, that thanks. Um, the other reason is I had all of it on one hard drive and that hard drive got 
I don't know the technical term, toast. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's on there, but it's broken. So, like, the Geek Squad people are like, we could fix it, but it'd be kind of expensive. I was like, I'll just hold on to this. Okay. <laughs> so, no, I don't, I don't have those saved anywhere else except for this old broken hard drive. Okay. Um, the movie crashed my family's computer as I was editing it uh, just because of the sheer volume. Mm. Um, oh, man. So, like, it crashed. We had to reshoot a bunch of scenes um, that were already finished. Like, mm, I managed to get most everything back after the computer crashed, but uh, we did have to shoot, like, one day worth of stuff over again. Um, so, like, yeah, file sharing, guys. Yeah, <laughs> been backups, right? <laughs> mm, backups, yeah. Again, it was a learning experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is a this is a Pixar podcast, so we mm-hmm. talk about all kinds of Pixar movies. And I would want, normally want to ask you if you have a a favorite Pixar movie, but I think that's pretty obvious. What I think what I said that one already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am curious though if you were to ever do another live action. Pixar movie like if you were to tackle a movie that's not Toy Story what mm-hmm. what would you tackle and how would you tackle it uh well before I answer that I'm going to preface it with I never ever will so don't ask okay. guys um, <laughs> okay. um nice question now. but but just so you know um but outside of the Toy Stories um Monsters Inc is my next favorite okay um, choice, yeah. And I don't think that'd be very good live action. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think it would be either. Well, not just out of um, Pixar, but just animated movies in general. I think Toy Story is one of the few that actually is okay mm-hmm. um, being live action. Um, Disney seems to think otherwise, but um, it, it works because it's it's real. Like, out of all the Pixar movies, like Toy Story, weirdly enough, is probably one of the most realistic um, maybe Bugs Life is up there next. Like, there's, yeah, it's like, it, you couldn't do all, like, it's, it spans too, too far, too wide. Um, Toy Story is pretty self contained in a, right, you know, right. suburban neighborhood. Like, yeah. it's the most doable for sure. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, before, and before we move on, like, you know, you mentioned, you talked about how much you love Toy Story. And I was going to ask you more at the top, but I'm, I'm just curious to hear, like, um, yeah, is there any more that you haven't said about why particularly Toy Story? Like, why it's your favorite mm-hmm. and why why you guys chose that one to make, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was it was my favorite as a kid. And, you know, um, I had my own toys. I had a big collection as a kid of toys. Like, I was all about, like, that's when I played the way Andy does and just take the toys and make adventures running down the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and so, um, I mean, Monsters, Inc. came out. I saw it seven times in theaters. I, it, that one was competing for my top favorite, but I always had a special place for, for Toy Story. Um, and I didn't, like, you know, I was three when that movie came out. So, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw it in the theaters, but I don't remember it. It was just always right. there in my life, basically. Um, yeah. And as a little kid, like, I thought, I want to be a space ranger when I grow up. No, maybe I want to be a cowboy. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It's like, but then going along growing up, I realized like, I just actually like it because it's a good movie and I want to make movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you get to kind of do both. You could, you can go to space or to the old West, um, but you don't have to have all the danger involved. (laughs) Um, And so uh, 
for a long time I wanted to be an actor. Um, and then it's like, actually, like, I don't have to be in front of the camera. I, I just want to show people being in front of the camera. So, like, oh, yeah. um, I still enjoy acting, but, but really I just want to be the one to help create the stories like Toy Story. Yeah. Um, I think that answers that question. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, speaking of acting, uh, so in in Toy Story, the live action, um, I, you were credited as the Pizza Planet driver. Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, delivery driver. So <laughs> what was that like, being in that scene? Well, I kind of, I feel like, it was such a long time ago, and I never even really talked about this to anybody. I, um, I wanted a part, because like I said, I like, enjoy acting from time to time. It's, it was really like acting in live action Toy Story is kind of just different than regular acting because you're literally just copying the way they said it and the movements that they did, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was fun, but the Pizza Planet truck was the last scene that we shot because <clears throat> it took us a long time to find a truck that we liked. Um, and even the one we went with, I don't love. So um, uh, it, was, it was fun. I just needed, a, I just wanted a part and... So I gave that part to myself. Um, <laughs> Jesse's in it a few times. Kim is in it once. Like we all, every time we need somebody to walk by in the background of Pizza Planet or something, it's like you come here, do that. Like we needed a small kid. Like we just called friends from church. Oh, and it's nice. like, hey, will you come? You want to be in the movie this time? Like you got to walk from here to here. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that. There were no real actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And by real, I mean professional want to do it for a living actors. Right. <laughs> Everyone, of course, is a real person acting, right? So but you get to credit it now. But you, yeah. so you played the Pizza Planet truck driver. Now I know from your YouTube channel, you currently have, or at least as of like mm-hmm. within the last year, you have a Pizza Planet truck. Was that your yes. truck that you drove in the movie? No, common mistake because uh, we, like I said, searched for the perfect truck for a really long time. Um, and then it's like, this is the last thing. Like, we're down to the last scene, and it's this Pizza Planet truck, but it's so, like, iconic. And, like, I just wasn't happy with anything we were finding. Um, but we went ahead and filmed it with somebody that Jesse just found on the street driving. It was like, hey, can we use this? And it's close, um, but um, my dad knew for, like, a year or more that I was looking for this truck um, after we finished filming and wrapped production, I was up uh, away at school. He found one that was pretty much perfect mm-hmm. and on Craigslist and bought it. Um, and so it took a while, but I eventually found a camper shell that fit and looked right um, and um, joined a group on Facebook of people that are building Pizza Planet trucks. And okay. so, um, so that's newer, but I've had it for seven years or so okay. um, and continue to make small improvements here and there. But um, mostly it's just a expensive hobby. Okay. Um, but yeah, we do have one and it is significantly better than the movie. It's not in the movie. Right. Yeah. So, so is that something you use at all for like, do you like drive it to like local events? Do you mm-hmm. um, yeah. rent it out for things or? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, it doesn't have AC right now. That part's broken. So in the middle of the summer, I don't drive it that much. But okay. I like to drive it around. I'll take it to like a pizza festival 
Or if somebody finds it online and is doing a Toy Story birthday party for their kid, I'll drive it to them. I'll pick up pizza and bring to their party. Um, oh, that's awesome. And and stuff like that. So a, a couple times a year, I'll bring it to events and stuff. It's um, yeah, it's fun. I've gone to a couple car shows with it. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So wait, great. wait. If you don't mind me asking, where are you based out of? Because you're in Arizona. Yes, uh, okay. suburb of Phoenix. Yeah, okay. East Valley, Phoenix. Okay, awesome. Very nice. Well, uh, real quick. So on the topic of acting, um, mm-hmm. two things. One, I think it's amazing that you're a Pizza Planet truck driver because you know we're the Pizza Planet podcast, and mm-hmm. we have a like. There's like some bits here and there for like the like little bumpers where like we are like Pizza Planet. Um, workers, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and we're, the, so, we're, we're your delivery guys. Yeah, we're the delivery guys. <laughs> you know, bringing you the fix our pizza. So, um, so you are an honorary pizza planet. Thank you, <laughs> delivery guys. So. Ba- yeah, basically, yeah. you're a host. You're one of yeah. You're, you're one of us, man. You're, you're an oh, honorary good. host. <laughs> good. Well, have me on whenever any topic that you've discussed so far on the podcast. I. I'm just talking as if I'm part of it, but you never respond when I'm listening. So uh, <laughs> I have opinions too. Have me back anytime you want. That would be, be awesome. Yeah. Um, it, it, in the talking about the, the truck though. No, that wasn't, that wasn't the, uh, the pizza plant truck. It was a- Andy's mom's van had the a one thirteen plate. Mm-hmm. Is it, mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Is some, is there someone who actually has that plate? Uh, it's taken in Arizona. You can look up um, like your vanity license plates online, mm-hmm. and you can see if it's taken. So that's taken in Arizona. Um, Whoa! But uh, but the Pizza Planet license plate wasn't taken, so now it is by me. Uh-huh. But the oh, nice. the one that appeared in your film, whose was that, or was that just like a prop that you bought? It was it was a piece of paper. I printed oh. off. <laughs> was and it? Cut it out, and yep. Okay, I you can have even terrible see in, eyes. <laughs> no, well, okay, so, well, no, it's not that you have terrible eyes, it's that the camera was terrible quality, and so oh. we got away with a lot of things like that. A lot of things are just like, oh, that sign over there. No, that's, it's paper. That thing's cardboard. Um, right. Yeah, like the, the Dynaco sign, that's, that's like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cut-out piece of paper that I, like, cropped into the side of the screen, right? So, like, right. Oh, nice. Okay. It's like the cheapest, every, everything is as cheap and like quick and dirty as we could (laughs) Um, do you want to know what actually looked better in your film than it did in the original i i think i know but you tell me what you think scud oh thank you that's nice (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no. thinking about him (laughs) like like but like i'm not saying that cheekily i if you listen to our 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 toy story episode from i did yeah that's like your only critique (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one of my only critiques with the animation is Scud looks awful, in my opinion. And, uh, and I appreciated that you had a really good like, performance from the dog, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, oh, like, you couldn't yeah. tell that it was, you know, because I, I, I'm assuming this was just somebody's dog. It wasn't, like, a professionally trained dog. Well, I, I shouldn't have said there weren't any real actors because he kind of was. Oh, um, really? Oh, okay. Sort of, kind of. Um, so... The story with Scud was that Jesse, I just tell him, you're in charge of that. I don't want to worry about that right now. Um, so he, he put out an ad on Craigslist that we need a bull terrier to play Scud in our remake. And someone reached back out, and we went and had a meeting with this lady. I don't know if they expected not teenagers, but they got a meeting with some teenagers in their house. Um, and we, like, the, the dog, obviously, it's Rupert. He's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they had like they had a list of questions like we watched Toy Story and how exactly is he going to almost get hit by a car but not like that looks dangerous right so like I went there and I had an answer for like I didn't plan the answers I just thought about it and like well it's three different shots like the cars aren't going to be anywhere close to him I'll throw up a green screen right so like I made the answers as quick as I could um, and they were happy with it. So he came with a trainer because they were in the process of training their dog. Okay. Um, and so there's people we hadn't met before, um, but we met them for the movie. And uh, their trainer worked on some of the things that Scud had to do, like sitting there and holding a treat on his nose and then biting at it. Yeah, that um, was awesome. Uh, Seriously. So like, so like he, he practiced that on his own time. <laughs> and then we showed up and did it a couple of times. Um, we just tried it with the alien and he got it right. So like, um, a lot of it and kind of what you're talking about earlier, like cropping uh, ourselves out. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shots with scud where like just off camera, there's his squeaky toy that he's obsessed with. So like right before he goes to eat Woody or whoever, like we're going to give him the toy he actually wants, like just put it over here oh, okay. um, or get him to look this way. And then that way we'll just move the toy around and he'll follow okay. it. Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, thank you. Scud was good. I thought yeah. the shot. I thought you were gonna say is Buzz in the bushes because like the lighting turned out really good in that, and it's oh. a real bush, so the leaves don't look so plasticky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you were just, and I I was thinking about the the license plate, and so it's the shot right before that. One more thing about the license plate is you can see it in our movie. I think is that the car starts to drive away just a little bit as Buzz right after Buzz jumps on. And our paper license plate just starts to fall down, but I cut right before it falls oh. off. <laughs> Clutch. I didn't catch that. Oh, well, speaking of locations, too. Dude. So, like, with the... I'm also imagining, like, near that scene is, like, you have, like, Andy's house and Sid's house, and you have the gap in between in the walls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how well that was done. And, like, for me, that... I don't know why, but, like, for me, like, that was, like one of the uh, shots that you do like where there's like the time lapse of the night and the mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. for me, that's when I got like, I was like aware that I'm like, I'm immersed in this film. Like this is like, this is uncanny. Like the way that you guys were able to get these buildings. And so like, like was that, where was that? Whose houses mm-hmm. were those? Mm-hmm. That was a lot of, and we did this a lot. Um, but that's one example of it is I, uh, you know, with my new driver's license, drove around neighborhoods looking around at like, are these houses close enough together? And then um, like these, these are good and close. Like ah, this one's got two windows that are kind of close. Like, Ooh, like this one, the windows, you know, this building's a little bit like this house is a little darker than that one. And it's on the right side. And then I went up and knocked on the door and explained to them what I was doing. And they're like, sure, we can go up to that window. And like, why not? Um, nice. so it was, it was a lot of, like I said earlier, just asking for weird stuff. Like, can I go and throw some Christmas lights out that window right there? Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, yeah, there's some really, really, really well done sequences. Um, like some of my favorite sequences in the film, um, the claw sequence was really impressive. Um, cause it looks like that was mostly handmade, right? Mm-hmm. The, the claw machine, mm-hmm. um, the way you did the the baby headed spider thing, mm-hmm. baby um, face. He's got a yeah, name. Yeah, you baby just face. wouldn't know it from I, the movie. I knew it was baby something. I couldn't remember. Well, you wouldn't know it from the movie. You know, it right? From the merch. Yeah. My my brother my brother had the the baby face action figure, like the official licensed one from the nineties back when we were kids. So um, I vaguely recall him having a name on the box, mm-hmm. but 
that yeah, the way you did him was very convincing, and then and then obviously the scud chase was just incredible because you're actually working with like cars and the van and all the different like you you mentioned that there's not a lot of moving shots in the film but correct me if i'm wrong a lot of the moving shots that are in the film are in that chase Mm -hmm. yeah although it's really just if you if you watch it it's just the background that's flying by Mm -hmm. um like the the camera itself other than moving along with the vehicles like the camera's pretty steady um there's there's a couple where um like it starts in front of Buzz and Woody and then they drive faster and it follows behind them um, on RC. So like there's a couple in there, which were, were really the more fun things to do. Like I really love setting up, you know, a, a fun shot and doing some choreography along with the camera moves to, to like, that's one of my favorite things to do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So like it was fun back then too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's great. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about like, post-production real quick before we kind of start uh yeah going to the um wrapping up the movie section um Mm -hmm. post-production i think you talked a little bit about it you mentioned you were Mm -hmm. editing as you were shooting it Mm -hmm. um yeah and we also mentioned earlier about like there was some lot some layering for certain sequences and stuff like yeah was there uh, a particular um scene that comes to mind that was the most extensive um with post-production or just like a headache or something that was just a lot that you had to do um pizza planet has a lot of like little green screened things like the alien slime machine and the two robots that you guys use on your on your (laughs) podcast yes Um, i love that (laughs) so like for for those guys as an example like there's i have one toy robot and i film him on a green screen with his little pizza what do you call that a spear i don't know yeah and And then so now there's, uh, he's on a green screen. Now I got to find the doors that, that automatic sliding doors somewhere. So we go and film at the sliding doors at the right angle. And then there's a trash can with Buzz and Woody next to it, right next to that. So like there's another layer there that I'm going to just crop out with a pin tool. And then, you know, the people got to walk past it. So like I'm cropping them out. So like some things like that kind of took a little bit more time. Um, But I don't really remember anything being super difficult about the edit other than the family's computer wasn't built for making an entire movie and it crashed and I lost stuff and I had to start over. And like, Uh, that was kind of the difficult part was learning how to correctly manage files and um, stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I I was going to ask a question before we wrap up the movie section. So the, Mm. um, the end credits, you guys recorded your own version of you've got a friend in me. Yeah. Yes. There's a there's a few lost versions as well that are pretty funny too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was just curious is there, is there, are you guys now I already mentioned we're musicians. Are you guys musicians or was that just like a like well, we know we know this song, we're going to sing it kind of thing. Jesse's a musician and oh, okay. he he plays bass and keys, keyboard. Okay. And so um that I I remember right that was his idea that we need to sing it and I was like absolutely like we're not we don't really get any there's really nothing that original in the movie until the credits so like <laughs> and I love um, how it, it just devolves like after you sing it like a couple times I want to say mm-hmm. you guys just kind of start talking to each other like yeah some mm-hmm. great banter yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, well 
there's a, a few takes of banter. So, oh um, yeah, and and that I, I it wasn't intentional at the time, but it it really did kind of help us to like figure out what we would do um, together as a group of friends making movies in the in the future. Is like, well, like this is the kind of stuff we want to do, and that little bit of the credits helped us to play around with that. Yeah. Um, so if anyone sticks around for that, I think we also just figured people would leave. Um, so, yeah. uh, so yeah. Yeah. And the, I noticed also in the credits, you, you referenced Lee Unkrich in the special thanks. Yeah. Was yeah. there a specific reason why you called him out or? Yeah, it was. Um, I think he was surprised about that too. Um, <laughs> He was the first person that retweeted something of ours. Um, oh. So on Twitter, I like looked up every single, and this was early Twitter. I looked up everybody I could find that works at Pixar and said, "Hey, like we're making this movie. Like here's a preview. Like here's, um, you know, we want to come and deliver it to Pixar. Like let us in, maybe, right?" So like <laughs> he he was the first person who um, he retweeted our preview, which was just the scene of Buzz flying around the Andy's room um, okay. and said something nice about it. And that was really the first thing that kicked off the virility of it. Um, uh, gotcha. That, that's a word. Um, uh, but we never met him. He wasn't there the day we went. So, uh, okay. Yeah. I was curious. Cause I, I, I saw that in the credits. And I was like, Hmm, there must be a story there. Cause I don't see any other like, yeah. Pixar no people. one's asked that. Yeah, that's true. Nobody asked that question before, but that's why I put him in there because okay, he really helps in that way. Yeah, that's and, great. Yeah, and then the credits also wrap up with a uh, uh, it's a Bible verse from Jude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Jude. It was one of those I can't recall it word for word, but it's something in in everything that you do, uh, do it unto the Lord. Um, there was only a couple few people writing mean comments. Why would you put that in there? Well, because it's our movie, and I worked really hard on it, and we want to do everything unto the Lord, including a remake of a movie, right? So That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, so speaking about um, the virility, or is that, that's did I say that? Defi- it is now. <laughs> virility of it. Um, yeah, so what was uh, the fan reaction like? You know, you mentioned, like, you know, it was like, each day initially a million views. I mean, that is just insane. Like, especially for guys like us who like, this is just a hobby. Like we've Mm -hmm. never experienced that kind of, uh, virility. Um, what was that like for you and your team? Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so at the time when I released it, I was up at, uh, in college. So I was a few hours away from the rest of the team. So I can't really speak to what they were experiencing down there, but, um, but from my perspective, I was like, just like in the days, like I like wouldn't stop refreshing the page. Um, I remember one conversation with somebody. So I, um, I had just, I just met a few people um, and they're like, Hey, I heard about your movie. Like how, where can I find it? And it's like, open YouTube, scroll down. There it is. Like it <laughs> oh, was, yeah. it was like unreal. I, like I couldn't focus on anything except for that. Um, like I, pretty much just didn't do any homework or anything for a couple of weeks at least. Like I tried at first to answer every single email that I got and, uh, and it just became too much. Um, and it, it all kind of accumulated in like the email from, 
from Pixar saying like, would you, would you like to come visit? Like, let's schedule right. a time we can come in for a tour was like, that was the one that I was waiting for. And we almost missed it cause it went into spam. Right. So like, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Um, it was a big deal for, you know, 15 minutes there. That's awesome. Yeah, you. so you mentioned Disney was not very responsive, but in a hypothetical world where Disney was like, we love this, here's a Disney-sized budget, we want you to make Toy Story again in live action, would you do it, <laughs> would you do it with puppets again, or would you do it with CGI? Oh, no. Well, CGI, that's been done, too. They've both been done already. Oh, really? Well, the real movie is CGI. Well, but like live action, <laughs> yes. live action CGI. <laughs> no, That's just, true. I would just That's be filming, filming the sets <laughs> and just like, I would just do it with still photography and then they can add in there. That's uh, true. Um, I, yeah, I mean, of course I would do it for the money. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I think um, I liked the way that we did it because it was so cheaply done mm -hmm. um that's one of the things i like the most about it is you can watch it and think oh i could do that and it's mm -hmm. like yeah you could if you took the time like yeah just go for it um that's one of the things i like the most about it yeah um, it's got a charm to it right i might like go muppets on it and erase the wires that are holding up their hands and stuff like that but other right. than that no I, I i think we'd do it the same oh, okay that's cool. More Pizza Planet blasting your way after the break. Are you tired of the same old bland breakfast cereal? Well, look no further than Incredible O's, the official breakfast cereal of Mr. Incredible and Pals. This delicious morning treat is not only the best tasting cereal, but it's packed with vitamins that will help you grow strong like Mr. Incredible himself. Incredible O's, now including Frozone Ice Blast shaped marshmallows. Get a Mr. Skipper Doo toy in every box. Look for it in the cereal aisle. And watch Mr. Incredible and Pals on Saturday mornings at 8. What was that? Getting pulled from the air? Superheroes illegal? Product recall? This will put us in the hole, no question. What are we going to do with all these refined grains coated in synthetic sweetener? Oh, no. Take your next vacation in the number one rated tourist destination in South America. The jungle surrounding Paradise Falls is home to over 8,000 species of local flora and 1,800 species of fauna, including the endangered Kevin Bird. There's no shortage of adventure when exploring the area's vast array of wildlife. But don't forget that Paradise Falls is also home to the historic landing site of the Fredrickson House. Come take a guided tour of this celebrated home and learn about the extraordinary lives of Carl and Ellie Fredrickson, as well as Carl's noteworthy contributions to local conservation efforts. Book your vacation to Paradise Falls today. Your next big adventure is just around the corner. Hold on tight. We are re-entering the Pizza Planet Quadrant. Okay, so um, we had talked a little bit about this, about like, um, you mentioned there's like a Toy Story 3, you know, that was made a live action. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, there are other live action films out there um, in the YouTube verse, you know, other Toy Story remakes. Um, so yeah, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? And like, do you feel like um, your guys' video was a catalyst in ways for other creators to make more toy stories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, 
without sounding prideful, like it was, uh, th- there wasn't anything like that before we did ours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a, a, now it's a niche on YouTube that you could get into and, uh, and follow through with doing them all the time. Uh, a friend of ours, David, uh, he's at Today I Grew Up. That's a channel that does toy reviews and he makes little scenes kind of like the way ours was. Um, and yeah, so like Morgan and Mason McGrew did theirs. There's a YouTube channel called Bodo Productions that has said for, I don't know, almost as 10 years since ours has been out that he's doing Toy Story 2. Um, it's not out yet, but I, <laughs> like I, I see his updates on Twitter. So like, or Instagram rather. Um, so like, yeah, there's, there's people doing the same thing. Um, ours was, um, we did it quick and we did it for fun. And, um, so I think now, like, I know for the McGrews, especially like they filmed some stuff in the style that we did like puppeteering and then decided that they didn't like the way it looked and wanted to do it better. So they went with almost entirely stop motion. Um, and so, so that, yeah, that, that took them a bit longer, but they started around the same time when we were starting. Right. So like, um, uh, yeah, I think it's fun to see other kids try it out. And that was kind of, you know, what we came to expect after a little bit. Um, uh, I remember like a week after ours went on YouTube, like someone came up with, it just popped up live action Toy Story 2. Oh, really? And it's, it's like the same length. It's like an hour and a half. It's like, oh, they did it with popsicle sticks. Like they just wanted the clicks. Um, and it's like, like they really did act out the whole movie, but like without turning the camera off and using characters on popsicle sticks. So it's like, you know, they got their clicks that they wanted, I think. Um, so like, um, that was, it's kind of something I'd put out there to people. Like, as far as I know, there wasn't a shot for shot remake of an animated movie before ours. Um, and, uh, like Disney started doing their live action remake. The funny thing is like when we made our movie it was 10 years ago, like people, we had to explain what live action meant. Like people mm. didn't, that wasn't in the vernacular, like cultural. Um, but now Disney makes all of them all the time. So people oh, understand. Yeah. Um, so we had to designate now you know, ours is shot for shot and what that means. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, um, there's a nostalgia plays a lot into it. Um, but I would, I would tell people who want to do the same thing or something similar is that, you know, results may vary. (laughs) Um, we had a lot of success because it hadn't been done before. And, uh, now like you, you referred to, there's, there's a handful out there. So like you come up with your own little twist on it, or, you know, if you're, if you're going to make something like a fan film, like do it in a unique way. Like I enjoy finding things every once in a while. A lot of them are kind of older, but there's like people did all whole Star Wars, but their thing was we're going to do it in one day and it's going to look, you know, uh, like pool noodles and stuff. Like whatever we can grab and find and film right now. So like there's right. there's all sort of, sort of varieties of how you could approach doing your fan film. Yeah. Um, but I think... Uh, approaching it as I want to be famous or viral is not the right way to approach it because that might mm. not happen. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and it robs the creativity too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and talking about this this whole genre on YouTube of live action remakes of animated things, you did do a live action remake of a scene from Toy Story Three, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. and 
did I read that that was part of a um, that was a contribution to a bigger project? Uh, you are confusing two different things. Oh, um, am I? So there is a scene from Toy Story three that we did while. I was still editing the first one mm-hmm. and that was because uh, it was a class project like do whatever you want and it was when Toy Story 3 had just come out on DVD and everyone was telling me how I looked like Andy and so it's like all right we'll do this in scene because it's amazing scene and I, I think it'd be fun and so I did it for a class um, and then we kind of decided we'd use that as another sort of trailer to like by the way if you like this you'll like the pretty soon we're going to release the entire movie right. um, of the first, the first movie. Um, and so, so there was that. And then there, the other thing you're thinking of was only last year, maybe two years ago um, when uh, there was a, a collaboration. Uh, it's on the channel called dial up studios where, um, and there've been a few other fan films kind of made in this way before like star Wars and Shrek, but it's like everybody gets 30 seconds or so of mm-hmm. the movie to remake in whatever style that they want. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them are animated, but they use their own you know, technique to make every so often it switches and looks completely different. Right. Um, and so we did do a scene because and they reached out and it's like, well, I always said I wasn't going to do another movie, but I didn't say I'd do another scene. I wouldn't <laughs> do another scene. And like, I haven't got to actually use my pizza planet truck to make a remake yet. So like, let's just oh, that do was- that scene. That was Toy Story 2. Yes. So that's, so that yep, collaboration project was Toy Story 2 at the airport. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that was a part of another project. So that, that's the whole full movie, but very weird and different. <laughs> so yeah. if you're into weird and different, you can go watch <laughs> that one. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, the uh, yeah, the Toy Story 3 scene was, um, it was so touching, man. Like, And you said you're not a professional actor, but it's 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 hard to make that defense when you were doing Andy justice in live action. Yeah. Like seriously, you you nailed the performance. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, he nailed it originally. So Uh, like, that that was just like, I'm going to copy this and hopefully get a fraction of the emotions through. Yeah. Yeah. But like the, the crazy thing is, is that Andy is a joint performance between John Morris and the animators. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. you had to summarize all of that talent into one performance on screen. So I, I think that's impressive, but yeah. And I was babysitting my little sister who's playing Bonnie at the time. So I'll just, I'll focus on keeping Uh, her safe too while we're doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh dude, that's so great. Like, yeah, it's, it's such a touching scene. Like I remember, you know, that's the scene that people think about a lot of Toy Story three. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so it's such a great choice and like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess my question for you is like, what was it like doing that? Because, you know, it wasn't the the stop motion. um, Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't the full on stop motion puppeteering, like from Toy Story one, it was like Mm -hmm. this new thing, but like, it still felt, it felt the same. It had the same, like, um, energy and the same like mm-hmm. playfulness and the same like heart that like the everything you guys had done before that but just drastically different with human actors and so mm-hmm. like it's really cool that you guys were able to do it and it, it it felt really great like watching it um it felt right tonally so yeah like what what was it like doing that compared to the first one thanks um well like i said it was in the middle of making the first one so it was kind of like we'll take a break from toy story to work on toy story <laughs> so it's like <laughs> um 
we and we did a couple little short films in between while we were making the the full movie just to kind of give ourselves freedom to pick what the shot's going to look like um but i think doing toy story 3 scene um it was i think it was only one day long it was kind of just like let's just play and like we'll use my school's equipment so the camera's a little bit better so i don't really know what i'm doing on this camera but like i'll set it so it looks okay and then i'll go jump in front of it and just let jesse run it like stuff like that um it was yeah i mean it was it was just kind of fun hanging out with their friends and on someone's front lawn that we've never met before (laughs) so like (laughs) it was another one of those drive around until we find something that we like the way it looks um so yeah that's That's awesome well before we wrap up, we, we won't keep you too much longer. Uh, I, I did want to really quick highlight uh, for you guys and for our audience, like you do short films um, on your, your YouTube channel, and they mm-hmm. are amazing. I, oh, I genuinely love the writing like because they're funny. They have levity to them. There's like fantastical elements to a lot of them. Um, I, I always tell Ben, like, my my forte when it comes to writing short films is always something that's very lighthearted, something that plays more with concept um, and more with uh, kind of just general cheekiness and, and, and cleverness. And that's what, like, you are in spades, like, all of your short films. Like, my favorites... Uh, from the ones I've seen so far, like your, mm-hmm. your two of your most recent ones were fantastic out of remote control, uh, the bacon verse of badness and mm-hmm. the companion piece that went with that one. I think it was the BLT club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then office hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. had me cracking up. I loved that one. Um, so I just want to let our Thank audience you. know, go watch all, yes. all of Jonathan's short films on, uh, on, uh, JP and beyond. Um, but yeah, before before yeah, we let you go, you. is there anything else uh, that you want to plug? Um, any way people can follow you? Uh, not really. Yeah, you'll yeah check out the short films. Um, JP and Beyond has a website. It's jpnbeyond.com, and uh, we'll put uh, our videos up there. You can see pictures of my Pizza Planet truck if you're into that. <laughs> um, and then um, you can reach out through there on a, on an email. Uh, also, yeah, I know I have one other short film that we finished uh, a while ago that's not released yet. Um, it's called to "Error 404 is Human," and mm. it's uh, I think you'll like it if you, based on what you've said, like describing <laughs> the cheek, the cheekiness and the concept. Um, yeah, and uh, I just hope that I'll continue to to make stuff that people enjoy. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. And Ben, yeah, maybe we should try and like do some sort of, I don't know how we could collaborate remotely. Yeah. Maybe we could write a song for <laughs> one of Jonathan's shorts. That'd be fantastic. I would love that. Uh, That'd be amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, was it, did you have anything else closing out, Ben? Oh man. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like, um, so, you know, you mentioned you, you would, uh, you're like, I don't plan on doing Toy Story ever again. So I assume, you know, at some point you, you guys just jumped into, or rather focused more on, on the short film, short film world. You're doing this on the side, right? I'm assuming you have like a day job and stuff as far as Mm -hmm. like your life now. All of that is true. (laughs) (laughs) Married Um, life too, right? So yes. Uh huh. Cue the Michael Giacchino score. Um, I, um, 
my goal next is to work on something a little bit bigger. I want to do another feature, but that's a huge undertaking now that mm. I actually understand what it means. Um, <laughs> back then, it's like, oh, easy. Just like chip away, which is kind of the approach I'm going to have to do anyways. But um, but yeah, we, we, we got a big backlog of shorts for you guys to enjoy while you wait. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm kind of collaborating with new people and, and um, trying to just continue to keep it going. Um, though it may start to look different, it's it's gonna maintain the heart. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And and not to say that I'd never touch Toy Story again. The, our most popular stuff on YouTube is Toy Story. So like sometimes I'll I'll just want to do it for the views. But um, like like I said, I like Toy Story because it's a movie that's great. Uh, not so much like I always want to talk about the toys, um, which is which I have opinions on and <laughs> it's fun <laughs> it's fun but it's not the dream right now so um so yeah uh you'll, you can find a lot of toy story stuff on the channel too uh there's a whole series we made at uh disney world at toy story land so Ooh. stuff like that like you can you can go see there's still a lot of toy story related content yeah that'll keep you that'll keep everyone busy <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's great. great yeah this is this is amazing. We we appreciate all of your time, Jonathan, and uh, we're so grateful that we literally got to interview for our podcast. Like this is like huge deal for us because uh, we haven't we haven't yet been able to like make connections outside of like our own circles with people who have the same interests mm -hmm. as far as you know uh, Pixar and Toy Story and stuff. So so we really appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks, thank Jonathan. you. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. Yeah. It's fun. Absolutely. Well, everyone who's listening, do yourself a favor. Go to JP and Beyond. Check out their content. Um, if you've never seen the live-action Toy Story, seriously, you got to see it. It's so well done. Um, so, yeah, please go check him out. Hit that, smash that subscribe button on his channel. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if that's the kind of thing you're doing, smashing things, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, while you're smashing other things, you know, yeah, add yeah. some list. But, um, but, yeah, seriously, Jonathan, thank you so much, man, for your time today. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah. Cool. Well, as we, as, we, as we say. Uh, oh, uh, what is my line again? Hold on. It is O. Oh, you are right. O oh is correct. Uh, hold on. Keep it an O for onward. Because adventure is out there. To, to infinity, infinity and, and beyond. beyond. Nice. We yes. did not coordinate that. <laughs> I love I love that you knew the last line because I wasn't sure if you know it. So I was like, well, I'll throw them the adventures out there, but you knew the last one too. I told you I listened to a bunch last week. Like it was fresh in my mind. <laughs> That's amazing. Sweet. That's great.